Hey friends, it's Jocelyn at jamminwithjocelyn.com, your certified life coach helping working moms create their ideal work-life balance so they can thrive at work, at home, and in life. You're listening to the Jammin' with Jocelyn podcast, the show for people who want to be inspired and live more joyfully and with awareness. I love having deep, soulful, and fun conversations about complex issues to deepen our self-awareness and compassion for ourselves and others. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey friends, before we dive into today's episode, here's a quick announcement. Are you a working mom or someone who wants to integrate mindfulness into your day so you can be centered at work and home? Then grab your free mindfulness practices list, which gives you choices. It'll save you time from Googling different ways to practice mindfulness. Just grab the mindfulness practices list at jamminwithjocelyn.com or click the link at the bottom of the show notes. Alrighty, let's dive into today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Jamming with Jocelyn podcast. This is so much fun for me, honestly. So I wish you guys were here live. (laughs) We actually are on Zoom and I have my really good friend here, Nicole Ralston. And I wanted to share how we met because if you don't know me by now, like I have this phrase, like trust in the divine timing and flow of life. And literally it was like divine timing of how Nicole and I met back in 20. 20 or 2019 before the pandemic hit before we shut down okay so like this is Nicole and I met through our coaching certification program and she was the closest one local to the area and we went to an in-person get this everyone an in-person retreat like literally I think it was like three months before the shutdown. (laughs) And so, um, but that's how I met Nicole and we have grown to such a wonderful friendship and we have such amazing conversations, which is why I have her here on the podcast because we laugh a lot and there's so much like insights and, and wisdom that we share between each other. And just, you know, every time I have a conversation with her, I'm like, Gosh, I wish someone could hear what we're talking about because this is so great. So so welcome, Nicole, to the show. Would you like to say hi to the audience? Um, Introduce a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yes, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. And I'm just so honored. Like, I feel the same way about our conversations. And I was so excited to just share one because I think I feel so lucky that we get to talk about such interesting topics, especially on our personal growth journeys. Um, And speaking of which, I think you'll probably have a more formal intro for me by the time this uh, podcast airs, but I'm kind of in the midst of a revamp for my business. Um, And I kind of wanted to share that because I've gone through that several times. I don't have my tight, you know, five minute intro about what I do. Um, But what I can tell you is that I am a certified coach. Jocelyn and I went through our first certification together and then ICF certification together. And through this entire coaching process, both my personal coaching journey and then also my journey coaching others, um, I've just learned so much about the creative process. And I know a lot of people think that when we talk about creativity, we automatically think of art or drawing or Mm -hmm. making something. But I think even just creating 
a business, uh, creating the next phase of our life, cultivating whatever that's going to be. There's creation energy and all of that because we're making new things happen every day. We're making our life as we go, uh, which is basically what's happened to me now <laughs> in yes. the midst of a business shift. Um, but a lot of the things that I've been enjoying working with clients on lately is how to cultivate uh, habits every day that help you lean into that creative energy, which is really an energy of an abundance um, mm. and giving you options as to what's the life, the business, um, the hobby that you're trying to cultivate at this moment. And how can we do that in both a healthy and a joyful way and yeah. an easeful way? Yeah, I, oh, I think I it can it. be easy. I don't think it has to be this hard slog to be a creative, which is often the message that we get you know, from society. Yeah, I really love how you redefined and reframed the phrase of creativity. Because honestly, like, when I hear a creative, I automatically think I'm like, I'm not a creative. No, because <laughs> I think about artists, right? Yes, I think about totally. art, artistry and th things like that. So like, like, I'm not a musician. I'm not, you know, like that. Those are the identities that I don't identify with. So I really appreciate how you redefined what creativity can be right and and actually is it's not just limiting to just what we think it is or mm -hmm. what we've grown up to think it is or see in the world so um that's what we're talking about everyone today we're just diving right in <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I'm glad you brought that up and one of the things I've actually been wrestling with lately is even just having to having that label like I can only be creative if I am a creative person versus like, how am I using like creativity almost as a skill set as opposed and thinking of it outside of myself. Like I, I and you and I could probably dive into this and this yeah. might be a little bit beyond the conversation. I don't know. We'll see. I think like I, that always felt so intimidating to me. Like, oh, in order to be an artist, it looks a certain way. And I would always mm -hmm. try to embody what that definition was. And if I didn't live up to it exactly, it felt like wrong. I'm doing it wrong. I'm not really an artist because I don't look a certain way or perform a certain way or accomplish certain tasks versus like, what, how do I want to incorporate artistry as like a tool or a skill set or like something again outside of myself into my life um and how does that help define me as a person as opposed to just as a creative that's been really helpful for me because if you asked me even like three months ago I would be like no I'm not <laughs> I'm not an artist I'm not a creative and now I'm I'm happy to hold that label um but I think I've thought of it more as uh, the way our friend Audie describes it. It's yeah. like a role that I have, right? It's like yeah. shoes that I'm filling as opposed to like my entire being is this like artist person. And that might be helpful for some people, but I found that it's more helpful to me to think of it as like a hat I'm wearing. I'm I'm putting yeah. on my creative hat right now. Yeah, like a skill set, like you said, a skill set. But also going back to what you said earlier, it's like you tied it to creativity in your business, right? Mm -hmm. So like that makes me think about like, how can we use creativity, the skill set of creati creativity that I believe all of us have within us mm -hmm. to in anything? It doesn't have to relate to anything related, arts related or like, you know, it's just like how what does creativity look like in your everyday life? 
Yes. Yeah. So, you know, one of the easiest uh, Mm. examples I think I could give is (laughs) morning routine because you and I have small kids. And I think one, one good step in the creative process is to copy what other people are doing, right? Like Mm. there are morning routines out there that work for people. I'm just going to start with that first, right? And what I used to do is I would be like, okay, this morning routine is the answer. I have to follow it to a T. If I don't follow it to a T, I'm doing it wrong. And if it's not working for me, it's because I'm doing it wrong and I'm the problem and I'm not following this definition exactly. Versus like, now I think, okay, I'm going to copy what they're doing. Like they're offering this advice as this is a morning routine that works for me and my kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I see what works and I keep that. And what doesn't work, I edit and I edit and I change the routine until we find something that really works for us. Um, and at the beginning of the school year, I mean, we it was like pulling teeth to like get out the door as many parents can relate to. And I started with this morning routine that I thought would work for us and it wasn't working. And initially I was like annoyed with myself. I'm doing something wrong. And then I was annoyed with the kids. They're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like the people said this should work. Why can't we do what they said? And it's like, you know what? This is a good jumping off point. And now I am going to iterate, which is basically creating something new. I'm going to take what I have, figure out, okay, what's one tweak that I can make to this? Like that's being creative. That's like, okay, here's a problem that I'm facing. What's this tool is not working. What's a different solution. And like, I'm not Googling stuff every day. I had something to start off with. It's like, okay, my kid wants, takes like 30 minutes to put on socks. Like at the beginning of the year, she was taking forever to put on socks. So it might have been 30 minutes, but it was a long time. And instead of me like rushing her to like get the socks on, which was not working, I was like, okay, what's something else I could do? Okay, we could just wake up five minutes earlier. We could put socks on in the car. We could do this. I was creating different ideas to figure out how to make this sock putting on process just more pleasant for everybody because it was a lot of crying and screaming. I like, anybody with small kids like I don't know why yes. I hate socks yeah. and so I, I had to just come up with different ways to do it and instead of fighting it um or trying to mold us into some routine that was not working for our family mm-hmm. I got creative I thought outside the box but again it's not like oh that box was wrong it's like okay that box doesn't fit for us and now I just need to come up with something new and I think um not holding ourselves to such tight definitions, like lets us open up to creative energy. Again, Mm. whether we're talking about art or we're talking about simply the day we're trying to create for ourselves. And Mm. I was trying to cultivate like a morning in which we all get along and leave the house feeling good about ourselves and about each other instead of screaming and yelling and being mad at everybody. (laughs) I have those moments too as a mom. So if you're listening, you're a mom, you know, I see you, we see you. (laughs) But that's so interesting as you're talking, because the first thing I thought about as you're, it reminded me of like this idea of problem solving, like you could, it's creating is it also can involve problem solving. Like when you're problem solving, you're creating. And also, uh, I know I'm like, okay, we're going to go down this, this, this road here like you talk about iterations, right? Like when you're creating is opening yourself and allowing yourself to iterate, to mm-hmm. make edits. And that kind of points to the fact of like releasing from perfectionism because when we're yep. creating, I know for myself, y'all, I'm a perfection, like recovering perfectionist. Like I'm trying to release from that. So if you're like that, welcome to the club. <laughs> so, <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yeah, so like I, that's... I. For me, 
I see myself when you're explaining that problem solving, like, cause I have kids too, and we're always constantly problem solving of trying to find and creating new ways mm-hmm. to, you know, routines to, um, work together, you know, between my kids and as a family. But then I also find myself, um, trying to make it just right like the perfect mm-hmm. way, right? Like whether you're trying to create a morning routine and even from my background as a teacher, like trying to create like the best like transition between activities in the classroom or, you know, even in my business, like creating a newsletter or, you know, something or even this podcast, it's like there is this hint of perfectionism that like limits me from iterating sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yes. do, you, do you find that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That was like my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Five years ago, I couldn't deviate from whatever the perfectionist definition is. And I think one of the big things with perfectionism is like all perfect, ideal, mm. whatever, fill in the blanks, like usually are defined by through a white supremacist, patriarchal capitalist lens. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what does perfect hair look like? Like I think about like straight hair, you know, for women, straight, long hair. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you deviate from that. Like, I mean, literally people will tell you that's an unprofessional quote unquote, you know, hairstyle for work. Like whether you Mm -hmm. wear your hair natural, like curly, um, or decide to like go with some funky hairstyle and dye your hair pink. Like, Mm -hmm. um, there is a perfect standard and I I'm using quotes right now. Yeah. Quote, quote, unquote, everyone quote, quote, perfect standard. Um, that you often get punished for deviating out of. Mm. Um, So I understand where that comes from because we're told like, if you don't do it this specific way, you are wrong. And I think a lot of that, and I I, I was thinking about this as I was doing my art practice this morning. Um, A lot of perfectionism comes from you getting rewarded for that, right? Like as kids, we're rewarded for sticking to the rules, coloring inside the lines. Mm. And I those aren't always bad things, but context matters. So Mm. for example, um, and I'll get back to actually your point about like perfectionism and morning routines, like math, there's a single answer in math, right? Like two plus two is four. You cannot say two plus two is five. There's no room for a wiggle room there, but math is a tool. And Mm. I think we get confused between subjects that are tools and subjects that are more creative as in like, there are multiple answers. So I, I, I'm using math as an, as an example, because one, I'm, I'm, my math background is in math. I was a high school math teacher for ever. Like I always mm-hmm. say 10 years, but like off and on between teaching summer school and all these things was yeah. probably more like 15. Um, <laughs> but like math is one of those things where we can get creative in the ways that we learn, but like mm. there is a rigid answer. And a lot of people, myself included, find a lot of comfort in that, right? Like when you're yeah. writing an essay, it's all subjective. Like, I don't know if my teacher is going to give me an A or not if they don't have a clear rubric. But with math, it's like, okay, I could get to the answer and there is comfort in that. Like, if I could figure out how to get it once, I could get it again on the tense. It's really easy. But math, again, is a tool. It's like, I'm learning how to build a paintbrush. That tool isn't necessarily going to teach me how to paint a painting. So, like, math mm-hmm. is used for like if I'm going to build a house, I need math to make measurements and put things together. So math is the tool that I use to like draw the blueprint, but it's not going to show me how to make the blueprint. And the blueprint is like open-ended. It could go a bunch of different ways. And that I noticed as a teacher tends to freak people out. Like when we, when I would get into computer science in which they're making like a program 
um, like a word scramble or something. Mm -hmm. They would ask me, okay, like, did I do this right? And I was like, well, did, is the word scramble game working in the way that you thought? Like it's word scramble. There's not really like a right answer to make the game. It's just like, is the game working in the way a, a word scramble game normally would? And they're like, wait, what? Like is, but I, I don't understand, like, is the code right or not? And I'm like, well, there's not like a single answer here. And that would really trigger my perfectionist students yeah. versus when we're in a creative class. So that's what, like, I feel like a tool-based class is like yeah. math and perfectionists really thrive in those because there's very clear rules. I can follow the rules. I can get good grades. I get rewarded. Um, but when we're in a class where again, the, the rules or you're using tools to drive like a bigger picture, really then it becomes, am I communicating the thing I'm intending to? So like if I'm looking at an English class, there are rules that help us communicate an idea. So like I use an Oxford comma or not because it makes it easier for somebody to, to understand what I'm trying to say to them. Yeah. But like, again, that rule isn't to build the paper or to yeah. like, punish you for losing the right or the wrong comma, like, you know, whatever your, your persuasion is on the Oxford comma, but it's, what's the idea I'm trying to communicate? What's, what's the environment I'm trying to cultivate? Like, what is the purpose of this, this thing that I'm creating? Mm. And then if it's fulfilling that purpose, it's correct. If it's not fulfilling that purpose, well, then I need to change it. So like in terms of a morning routine, like there, I used to be a really big, um, really into the, what is it called? The perfect morning, something like that. There's like mm -hmm. five things that you do in the perfect morning. And I, I this is such a terrible example because I can't remember any of them. Right <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that. I used to be a big um, endorser of the miracle morning. And oh, there's, yes. 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 Mm -hmm. There's five steps to the miracle morning. It's like uh, read, write, silence, move and oh and then affirmations and mm -hmm. i don't think that again this is not like a bad morning routine at all but the whole point of it for me was like i was trying to have a more peaceful morning so i could start the day off on the right foot after a while it stopped working for me like it wasn't mm -hmm. helping me start the day off on the right foot but instead of thinking of it as a tool to help me start the day off on the right foot i started to think of it as the answer like okay uh -huh. i must be doing it wrong it, or it's bad. What he wrote isn't, doesn't work at all. Like it's garbage, yeah. right? Like yeah. it was an either or versus, yeah. you know what? It was a tool that worked for a while. It's not working for me right now. If my purpose is to get off on the right foot, like what can I glean from this that might help me? Yes. If not, it's okay. I just need to find a different uh, tool to help me have a good morning. But again, that's the difference between like my perfectionist mindset of seeing something as rigid and as is, and it's either they're wrong or I'm wrong. They had the wrong answer or I had the wrong answer or I'm doing it wrong versus wait, what's my purpose? What am I trying to cultivate? Yeah. And how can I use these tools that I've learned in order to like cultivate the, the goal that I'm trying to get to? Yeah. Going back to what you said, the context of using yes. the tool and it, it really hmm, like, like what I was thinking about as you were sharing that, like perfectionism really limits you in the ability to tap into that creative energy because oh, like totally. you, like, like I was thinking like you, you can use the, like there are in, there are certain, like with them, I love your math example. Like there are certain tools where there are rigid rules to, for the purpose of getting the answer. Right. But then with, you know, certain tools, even in math, right. Like 
you have to get to the right answer. There is a right answer, but then you can use the tool of math and get creative to get to the right answer. Totally. And like that is like, that was like, whoo, aha for me. It's like any tool that you find, like say morning routine, we're going on this morning routine thing. Cause <laughs> I, I, Nicole and I love routines, <laughs> but they like, morning routine, right? Like you find one, like the magic morning, it's a tool in that season of life, but then you can, when it stops being effective for you, you can get creative with the tool in creating what you're needing. And so like, I love that because then that releases the perfectionism of black and white, what's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And then it opens up this possibility of like, huh, what of the, what of the five things of the magic, is it called magic morning, right? Uh, miracle morning. Miracle morning, sorry. Miracle <laughs> morning that creates magic, everyone. <laughs> I don't know. The miracle morning. Um, you know, what of those things that you can be creative to take from that tool to, you know, that works for you. And that's like, yeah, how do you infuse creativity in every aspect and every tool that is given to you? It's like, I like what you said in the very beginning, like, like take something, try it out, and then allow yourself to integrate creativity when that tool or that thing that you're you started off with isn't working as well as you want it to be. You know, so yeah, I, I yeah. love how you said that. Um, I'm cracking up because I'm like, magic morning sounds like a morning routine we could create. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, we should create a magic morning. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know, back to your point about perfectionism and, um, rigidity. Like I think the, the problem with perfectionism is it doesn't allow you to grow. Like oh. you and I are in an age where we know now that like, you are just not the same person you were sometimes even yesterday Yeah. and things need to change. Like a morning routine that worked for you two months ago might not work two months later. And we often have a lot of bad feelings about that. I think some of it is scarcity. Like, Oh, I can't think of anything else. This was the best morning routine ever. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to have a terrible morning from now on because it's not working versus, Hey, okay. It's not working and being gentle. And like, what can I do differently then to serve my current needs? But I keeping myself, when I say where I was in a bad spot five years ago, like I felt like, okay, this isn't working for me anymore. So something must be wrong with me. And instead oh. of trying to grow and merge into the next phase of my life and morph, um, iterate into the next phase of my life, I tried to stay there and mold myself back into the person that 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 morning routine was working for that my job was working for that all of those things that worked for me before were and I just felt so constricted and really down like I would that was a really down season of my life because I didn't I, I was scared to change into and grow into the next phase of my life because it, it felt scary like okay like what does it mean that this isn't working for me anymore am I is there something wrong with me? Like everything was like about me. And I, I think that that's the trap of perfectionism is it, it makes you feel just like you're doing something wrong. You're not enough. You're um, yeah. not worthy enough. Um, and when really it's like, it's not right or wrong, bad or good. It's just, it just is, it's just different now. And, and that's okay. And I yeah. think that's the biggest thing that I've learned that's helped my mental health in the last few years is like, I change, I grow and that's okay. And, um, my life, my routines, all like 
all the trappings that come with a job, come with parenting, just come with living my day-to-day life, uh, they, they can grow with me too. And it's going to make life more joyful and just less restrictive. Like I just keep seeing myself in this like box. I was trying to pack myself back into this box versus grow. Yeah. I love that. How you say, you know, you're pointing out to like, we're always evolving. Like we're, you're, we're not the same person than like when this podcast started, so you know, like <laughs> this recording, you know, and it's just like, gosh, so many thoughts that are coming up right now. It's like this acceptance. I, I don't know. I'm thinking in linear terms, but it's not linear, but it's like a cycle. It's like acceptance of change, right? Like, cause you talked about change and releasing from perfectionism requires accepting change. Yes. Right. And, and, t- and I don't, I, I don't want to say until, but I'm going to say it until we can accept that change happens. It change is happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Like until we can accept that change is is always happening with a within us and around us, then it limits our ability to tap into the energy of creativity. Because being creative, I don't know from my experience the last couple of years, being creative requires you to step into this unknown phase of change because you don't know what's going to happen, yeah. right? Like it, it, being creative is like, yeah, you're making a change and you have to, and you're accepting that changes, change is going to be there. Like, right. Like, yes. I- and I think one of the big things that held me back, and this was a big aha moment for me is if I don't get it right the first time, I'm a bad person. That was like a big perfectionist story that I had. Like if I don't get right the first time, I'm an idiot. I should have just not tried anyway. And I mean this in the simplest ways. Like I'll, I'll start with an example of drawing recently. Like I, I drew and I copied what the instructor had. I'm taking a drawing class right now. And there was one little thing I wanted to change in it. And I was super like, oh my God, what if it looks way worse than what she has on her canvas? I'm like, I literally could erase it. Like, whatever. (laughs) It's not a big deal. And I'm drawing on the iPad, which makes it even easier to undo stuff. Like, it's not, I don't even have to like physically erase it, which is a pain in the butt sometimes. I could hit the undo button. I'm like, oh my gosh, just try it. And if you don't like it, just undo it. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. But I think we're always thinking like, okay, I have to do it right first. Otherwise... Mm -hmm. I, I'm not meant to do it. And I, I see this with a lot of creative professions, especially as you get older. And, you know, I taught high school, mm-hmm. a lot of, I would always admire the kids who just kind of went in feet first into some kind of new skill, because by high school, I was starting to come up with these perfectionist tendencies. And, and I say this as like, I, oh, I'm not a musician. Like to me, that's a perfectionist tendency. Music is a mm-hmm. skill that you can build. And I say this as somebody who actually was like, I took piano lessons for 10 years. But when I tried to switch instruments in high school, I was, I I didn't play it well the first time. It was, I went from piano to ukulele, which of course I didn't play it well the first time. It was my first ukulele lesson. Two different I, instruments. <laughs> and I immediately like was, well, I'm bad at this. I shouldn't do it. Versus like, this was like my first day. I don't know how to play the ukulele, but there's a few, like 
there's something in high school where the kids had switched. Like, oh, I'm not a math person. You hear them starting to say that where they never say that when they're little, like I'm not a math person. So therefore this, I'm just not going to do well in this class. And when I would get kids, I usually got juniors in algebra two. And it was like, you know what? We need to stop saying that. Like, maybe you don't have certain math skills. And also I don't care. That's okay. (laughs) Like, it's not that big of a deal. And I think they would feel nervous about being in my class if, if they weren't a math person, quote unquote. And I was like, if you are lacking in a skill, we will make up for it. And again, you're just focused on the skill. Like you're not a good or bad person based on how well you do in this class. You could fail this class. I will still like you, (laughs) but like you just need to pass this class so you can graduate from high school. And it's just a class. Like, again, it's kind of like that hat thing. Like it's a hat, Mm -hmm. you put it on, you take it off. Like it's not a part of you. Mm. And I think that we get to an age where it's like, I'm a musician or I'm not, I'm a math person or I'm not versus like, you know what, this is a skill set we're building. And, um, and when we think of it that way, it makes it easier to like, oh, okay, well that didn't work out. I need to practice that skill. Um, I, I need, yeah, I need help with that skill or maybe like the skill actually, like it's not for me. Like I'm thinking about drawing, like I, I am not, um, I'm not as into markers as I thought I was going to be. And it's like, okay, I just don't use markers then. Like not a big deal. Like I don't need to approve approve the skill set. Like I'm just not, I just, I'm not going to use them. Um, versus like, again, like I'm bad and I should just stop completely. Um, Mm. and I forget what you initially prompted this, this whole rant. I just went, uh, but I, you know, I find that a lot with, um, when I'm just kind of doing anything Mm -hmm. like parenting, like I'm a good parent or I'm a bad parent, like parenting is a skill set too. Like yeah. You don't know these people. I never had a baby. I never babysat. And for a long time, I thought like, well, I'm just not a baby person. Um, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I have to keep this baby alive. So I better <laughs> figure out how to be a baby person. But I think a lot of that at the beginning really held me back from connecting as much with my oldest daughter as I could have, because I just was like, Oh God, am I going to mess this up? I'm not a baby person Uh, versus like, I care about her and I will figure it out and I will build the skill set I need and we'll be okay. And I think that, um, by seeing it, even that as a skill set and me as a mother, not being, defined by the skill set I have, but how much I care about my kid, right? Like those are two yeah. different things. Like I care about my kid a lot and be lacking in skills. And I, I'm still a good mother. Yeah. I care about my kid and have skills and I'm still the same good mother. It's just yeah. like, I have skills or not, but that doesn't define who I am as a mother. Ooh, ooh I love this. Okay. Well, this is getting really juicy <laughs> because it, like, what, I can't even remember what I said to prompt it. <laughs> your response. So, um, uh, so it's like, it's what I'm thinking. It's like, not like, cause I remember at the beginning of our, our, our conversation, I said, I am not a musician. I'm not an artist. Right. Like that is such a human tendency to find our identity in the skills, which mm-hmm. is, which, okay, let's separate that. Like you're, you're you we all have skills but it doesn't define who we are yes right like that's what you're that's what you're talking about it's like you we all have creativity within us as a skill and it but it doesn't define us whether it's like 
right? Like, does it? Dude, it does, I, you just I gave know. me a big aha moment. I oh. feel like creativity actually is part of who we are, and everything else is just skills. Like when mm. I am sitting in an a space of abundance, and by abundance, like I really mean loving myself. Mm-hmm. and seeing myself as capable and worthy and all those good things, all of a sudden I get an abundance of ideas because mm-hmm. instead of yelling like, you're bad at this, you can't do this, which basically takes away all of my options, yes. right? Yeah, it's you're like, left okay, with nothing. <laughs> yeah, I can do this and I can figure it out. All of a sudden, Google opens up and I'm like, okay, let me just try this thing. Let me just try this thing, but not be beholden to any one of those mm-hmm. things, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, my baby is like won't stop crying. I can Google what to do. If that didn't work, I can Google again what to do. But I know that like, okay, that has like me being able to do these things doesn't make me a good or bad person. It's just like, Mm -hmm. again, that's a tool, but like abundance and creativity, I feel like are innate. And when we tap into those, then um, we have access to a bunch of skills. But again, those skills don't, Mm. don't inform our creativity. Mm, okay, okay, I love that. Love that. Okay, so so we, yes, we all have access to creativity because it's within us. Like yes. it's just like it. Like let's do metaphors. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do a metaphor. It's like a little box within you that you just have to open up, and then it just opens up, and a burst of energy comes forth, and you can, and it like gives you access to all these things that are possible. Like I think about the the phrase growth mindset, right? Like. Mm-hmm you know, the power of yet, like it's, it's like, yes, at the beginning of the podcast, I said, I'm not a musician. Well, actually, you know, I, I played piano and violin, you know, typical <laughs> Asian. Uh, so all the piano like, kids who stuck with their lessons, like all of my friends who yeah. were not Asian, like they were done with piano lessons in like maybe a year. I took piano lessons for 10 years. I mean, part of this was being Asian, but part of this is my dad's a professional musician. And so he huh. was like, I want you to stick with this for like, he found such value in it. Um, but yeah, I'm cracking up. Yeah. Sure <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but like, it's like you, I have the skill set to play music. You know, but it doesn't mean that because I haven't played for a long time doesn't mean that I, I suck. You know, like I'm not mm-hmm. a, I'm not a musician. I have the skill set of of, you know, playing music, you know, and and that's like and, a volume knob you could turn yeah, up and down. Like I, I can that. build that skill set or I can let it go. But again, the good high volume isn't good and low volume isn't bad. It's just a choice of what volume when you want to be at. Yeah. OK. OK. Radio metaphor, everyone. It's like, you know how there's different stations on the radio. Mm-hmm. It's like you find which stations you like to jam with. Oh, my gosh. That's a good <laughs> connection to this podcast. <laughs> so lame, but it's so good. So it's like you find the stations, which is like a skill set that works for you in the season of life. And sometimes it's like this season, it's like drawing is a skill set. And that's how I'm, you know, tapping into my creative energy, you know, or like this season for me, it's like podcasting. It's like this is the skill set that I'm tuning into, you know. Oh, my God, that's such a good connection. (laughs) (laughs) We love metaphors over here. So but like, yeah, it's, it's just like. That reframing of what you said, abundance and creativity are already within us. It's not tying this narrative that we have like this. It's like when you said, oh, I I suck because I can't do this. You know, like I, I, you know, I've never, you know, I'm not a baby person. It's like this like human conditioned tendency to automatically tie this narrative of how we think about ourselves when 
we, but I think are, that's right? especially in our culture specifically, like that's how we label people like, mm. you know, Oh, um, what do you do? Like, Oh, I'm a teacher, right? Like, mm. you know, we're labeling ourselves by profession. Yes. I don't know if it's a human tendency or just a cultural thing because like, you know what I mean? And I, you know, I can't speak for like all other cultures. Like, I don't know how other people like, Oh, I work as a teacher. I work as a teacher is different than I am a teacher. Right. Like, I, so I think that we, we tend to label ourselves by our skill sets. Um, the other thing I was going to say, and this feels like a tangent, but it was based on what you said earlier is <laughs> I actually, one of the things about creativity that I found to be really helpful. Um, and I know you'll be excited about this is spirituality. Like I see it as yes. a spiritual practice. And part of that is it's, uh, it's been a lot easier to think of creativity as something both in me and outside of myself, mm. like through a higher power, because I think a lot of perfectionism was all based on me. Like I have to be the smartest. I know how to do everything. I have to come up with original ideas yeah. versus how can I tap into a bigger power to help guide me and give me those ideas. And I, I remember um, listening to uh, Liz, Elizabeth Gilbert's TED talk on this a few years ago about how oh, yes. people say, I have a genius versus I am a genius, mm -hmm. where a genius is outside of you. And it's funny, like I heard that TED talk like a while ago, and I totally agreed with her, but I didn't, I hadn't had that experience myself because I was still trying to be the most creative. I was trying mm. to be like a perfect newsletter writer, you know, copywriter for for Instagram, whatever. Versus like, okay what can I just ask something bigger than myself to tell me what to do right now? And I think diving into that side of myself and into my spirituality and seeing it as something bigger than myself has one really helped with my creativity because it's not so tied to me. I don't feel so much pressure on me. I can ask for help. And then two, it's also literally had me ask for help in the physical realm. Like I think a lot of times with perfectionism, wow, yeah. we feel like we have to do everything ourselves. Like yeah. I have to take care of the kids. I have to pick them up. I have to do this. I have to cook dinner. I have to handle the calendar versus like, I pass a lot of that stuff off to my husband now because yeah. I've learned to ask for help from, in my case, I use God as my spiritual outside and I asked God and I asked other people, my mom, my dad, my husband, my kids, like it's not all on me. And when I was in that perfectionist mode mm. all over the place, it was just like all on me. I have to figure this all out myself. Otherwise I'm a bad person um, versus I'm just a person who like needs help like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love how you connected it to spirituality because if you don't know y'all, you know now because like that is also my jam, like talking about spirituality, how it, in, how it actually, you know, how you can integrate it, but you don't need to like actually work to integrate it. It's actually there available to you and it's infused into just your, your way of being, whether you're conscious of it or not, but it's like, yeah, it's like creativity is a spiritual practice. Like when you said that, I was like, oh my God, yeah, it is. Because what, you know, we are human beings that like, okay, just follow me here. I don't know where I'm going with this, but like <laughs> we are human beings that have been given, I mean, we were created, but we have been given, like you said, this, um, this ability to create, like we're we're put on this earth um to create right mm -hmm. like i i truly believe that and but we're not creating from just our own ego it's like mm -hmm. the ego is what keeps us into in that perfectionist scarcity fearful 
mindset and feeling. And when we are allow ourselves to tap into something greater beyond us, the spiritual spirituality of creating, like amazing things are created. Like you think about like, there are so many people like in on social media, but like, you know, like people who write books, who are like speakers, who create things like there is, you can sense there is a greater like, um, force and power behind their creation. Like I, I I've experienced that myself and it's like, holy cow, <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty freaking amazing. But I love, I I'm so grateful that you brought that up. Like how it is a spiritual practice, you know, whether we're, well, yeah. We're in- and- Cause when it's not, I feel like it becomes a vanity practice. Like when you use the word eco, that's what I was thinking is because again, who is making these perfectionist definitions? Like people are like, Mm -hmm. you have to come to the certain mold. And I think, um, teachers who explain this well. So for example, like when you are taking a watercolor class, Mm -hmm. like a teacher is going to teach you how to paint a specific way because you are going to build tools, right? Yes. Based on that. Skills. Going back to the skill set. They're trying to teach you a skill set. The easiest way to teach you that skill set is to like standardize it. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to paint the I don't know. I'm going to paint the shading with this specific brush with this color set so that like you can see shading. And then after the class, you could decide or, you know, do I want to use this tool or not? Like it's a decision that you get to make because now you know this tool. Now you know how it's used. Now you know what it can look like. But a lot of times I think what we see is like, oh, that's the right way to paint something. Therefore, the only way, the only way. So if I don't paint it that way, then I am wrong. Um, And that's where that perfectionist mindset comes in. And that's why I think, again, it's a spiritual practice because like if we're relying on perfectionism we're relying on like just a human definition which is very limited it's singular which is why it makes people crazy and then it makes people feel like they're wrong because they're doing it the wrong way versus again seeing it maybe as like just a way to teach um but when I'm actually creating it's like okay when I think beyond myself and beyond those definitions then again it opens me up to a greater space of abundance and it then comes back to the question like what am I trying to achieve here Mm -hmm. um And I think a lot of that comes back to also, how am I trying to connect through this? And like Mm -hmm. connection, again, goes beyond ourselves. If I'm trying to be perfect, I'm not trying to please somebody else or do something for somebody else. I'm trying to hold up to this definition. Like it's not even a person, Mm -hmm. it's a definition. Versus when I think about creating beyond myself, like for example, I'm making um, a birthday, a set of birthday uh, party decorations right now um, for a client. And I'm thinking about them, right? Like, oh, is this going to make them laugh? Is this going to be something that the kids enjoy at this party, right? Like I'm thinking beyond myself versus like, oh, did I pick the right color? Like the right color is whatever they want, right? Like, again, Uh it goes beyond myself and isn't like beholden to some like specific definition of a color palette for a kid's birthday, right? It's like, what does this kid want? So I think when we are thinking about creativity as a spiritual practice, like not only does it bring us closer to like, this, this in, in like universal power that we have access to this greater universal power. It also just brings us closer to other people, because again, we're thinking beyond Mm -hmm. ourselves, like how is this going to be meaningful as opposed Mm -hmm. to correct? (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Because it comes back to, you know, I, you know, right now I have this, um, one of my values is hashtag create to serve, you know, it's like you, when you, you talked about like 
purpose. Like what is your purpose intention of creation? And if, when it's led by our ego, like you said, it's this vanity metric, like you're, when you're creating from an egotistical state, it's like you're creating to receive, you're looking, you're, you have this expectation to receive something. Yes. Especially validation. Like Validation. And, yeah. Yes. And I don't even mean that. And I think when we use the word ego, if anybody's kind of knew that yes. word, it's not yes. like I'm an egotistical person. No. It's like, I'm doing it right. Like that feels good. Like if you think about being a little kid and like a good girl, it's like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I want that pat on the back. I want to be accepted. I want to feel worthy. And usually like if I uphold to, and we can use it like teenagers as an example, yeah. that's why teenagers follow trends and that kind of thing, because it makes them feel accepted, mm-hmm. but that's not like real acceptance. Mm-hmm. Your friends will accept you no matter what you wear. Right. But yeah. like we see like, oh, this is what cool people wear cool people being people who are accepted where, right. And so it's like that. I think that's what we're talking about with ego. It's not even like, Oh, I want to be the best. Sometimes it's, I just want to be accepted. I want to fit in. I want to feel like I belong. Um, but those aren't true. That's not true belonging. That's not true belonging. Oh, okay. Another podcast episode about (laughs) belonging, (laughs) but yeah, that's like, yeah. So like ego in the sense of, yeah, it's like the part of you that's like seeking something to feel seen heard belong mm-hmm. right right like that, that's what we that's what we're talking about in terms of ego um another podcast episode about that too <laughs> so it's it's like i don't even know where i was going with this but like um okay i'm gathering my thoughts here like when you are in that like grounded is the word grounded in that purpose of 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 create what you're creating like it does open the doors to connection and actually this sounds like it's very paradoxical but like you it actually helps you feel belonged and seen and heard as Mm -hmm. an after effect right like it's yes yeah it's not like you're that's not like it that comes afterwards like it it actually actually comes with I would say it comes with not after yeah with yeah yeah. and you know part of that is because again and you know, I've done a lot of work on this. (laughs) I think I'm hesitant with this because I was hesitant, like personally to develop a spiritual practice last year when I really started Uh to get into this. When you really believe you are seen, love and heard, no matter what, like you belong, no matter what, whatever you make, like that, it's not going to affect that. Right. Like it's not going to affect that. And I think that's what, that's why I have such an abundance of ideas is I, I, I turn off that voice now. Um, and it, it took a lot of practice. I'm not just saying this happened overnight. This is what I'm saying. This took like a year or last year. Yeah. I, that voice that says like, oh, that's bad. Or like, people are going to hate that or whatever. Like that voice is gone. And mm-hmm. I, um, or at least quiet. And the mm-hmm. other voice of like, oh, that looks like the other voice now that I hear more is like, oh, that looks good. Um, that's it. Like, that looks fine. And then like, is that what you were wanting to do? Like, it's more of like a question. Like, it's gentle guide. Like, mm-hmm. was that, is that like feeling good. Oh, okay. Well, like you can do it again. Like I, I feel that constant support and presence. And that's again, not based on my skill set. It's not based on what I produce. It's just, it's, it's always there. And that makes me less fearful to make. And I make mm. a lot of stuff now versus before when I would like, if I was going to try to make a birthday card, it would take me forever to make one because I would like put a stroke down and be like, Oh, that's wrong. That like looks ugly. <laughs> just like erase it versus now it's like, okay, I'm just going to like flow and see what happens because I trust that whatever comes out is going to come out. It's not even going to be good or bad. It's just like, I'm going to get something out there. And again, I can iterate on that because this thing is not going to like make or break 
my my career, make or break me as a person, make or break anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like is it is. I'm gonna make something and it's gonna be, and that has nothing to do with like my worthiness. I feel that no Ooh. matter what. Yeah, you said something really clutch right there. It has nothing to do with your self worth. Yeah, so it's like untethering from this idea of um, tapping into your creativity and energy of creativity and like detaching your worthiness, you know, your, 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 your worthiness, right? Like, like you said, like, I feel the same way. It's like when you, when you can clearly see and hear and feel belong to yourself, which sounds very, um, very complex right now, that phrase, but like, we can dive into that another time, but like, like when you are really grounded in that, no matter what you create, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't, it doesn't break, break you or it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't um, define you. It doesn't define you. It doesn't, it doesn't impact how you see and feel about feel and about who you are, your worthiness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is one of the things that's coming up for me right now is Mm. I hate when people say, well, that's good enough. Like there was something for a long time that bothered me about that phrase, right? Like, well, I'm not trying to be perfect. So that's good enough. And it's like, okay, that sounds like you're settling though. And that doesn't feel good either. And I think again, it's because we put so much of our worth into the things we make. And so like, I'll speak as a coach, like every Instagram post I made felt like, okay, this is going to like speak to my self-worth and who I am as a person. If I don't get it right, like I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I am not this versus like now I'm like, okay, does this post communicate and connect? Like, do I feel like it's going to communicate and connect if it is great, if it's not whatever. But I think like when I was with those perfectionist definitions, like it was all about again, vanity, like, does this look like a real coach's post? You know, does it have this many quips? Like I could make a formula out of it, like coming back to math almost like, okay, she has three quips, two emoji, you know, this, like, that'll make me look like a real coach versus now it's like, okay, am I communicating clearly? Do I feel like this post is going to speak to the client in the way that I'm trying to? If, if so, great. If not, like, then I won't post it. Or if I do post it and it doesn't, okay, well, I remember what the purpose was. Let let me just edit it and try again. Like, it's not that big of a deal versus like when I was in perfectionist mode, every post I made felt like, okay, this is going to make or break my business. I'm either going to like all of a sudden become a real coach because of this post or I'm not like, it was just this either or versus like, Mm. okay, this is just another chance to make something, see what happens. If it lands, great. If it doesn't, I'll make another thing. It's not a big yeah. deal because again, this has nothing to do with my worth. It has nothing to do with like my um, ability to coach. Um, and again, because coaching is a skill set. Coaching yeah. is not like who I am. And I think yeah. again, a lot of that detachment of like, who am I being defined by my job or my skill set, mm-hmm. like detaching from that idea mm-hmm. um, has really again, taken that away. And I I don't say like, oh, this card is good enough now. Like I say this because I'm both coaching and making greeting cards since I didn't say that. (laughs) We'll make sure to put that in the professional intro. We'll put it in the professional intro. I'm making stationary (laughs) and I'm also coaching. Um, But yeah, I'm not like, oh, this card is good enough. Like I think like, oh, this card like makes me happy or, oh, I see that that this card could make something happy, somebody else happy. Like it invokes a feeling, it fulfills a purpose. Like I have all, all these access to so many more, um, 
definitions that I, I could like judge something against other than good or bad. Oh, it's a, it, this is a good drawing or this is a oh. bad drawing. Like often we get stuck in that binary. It's either good or it's bad versus like judgment versus yeah. like, Oh, I like the colors here. Like, again, it's, and I think a lot of coaching that we've done together, it's like expanding. Okay. What is good and good meaning like, okay, I like it. Like I like the colors. I like the mm-hmm. font style I used. I like the like expanding upon that again, also makes abundance and doesn't cut it into this binary of good or bad. And that's why I also actually don't like using those words, good or bad, because good or bad feels like a moral thing versus like, I like it or I don't like, I mean, even that is less charged than good or bad. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. It feels so much more expansive what you were just talking about. Right. It's like this, like freeing ability to to just try like, and and releasing from the self-judgment, the self-criticism and like, and when you can do, when you do that, releasing from the self-judgment, self-criticism, and just like understanding for you what feels what feels good and then also meaningful and purposeful mm-hmm. like if you know you're like tying it you know with creativity it's like if you are grounded and know it what your what your purpose is your intention and what's meaningful to you and what you're creating whatever that is doesn't have to be like an art thing or a musical thing it's just like problem problem solving it's like when you can just be in that place of like let's just try and see what happens and it has nothing to do with my self-worth because if it doesn't work we can try something else it feels so much more expansive and freeing like it doesn't feel limiting at all right like gentle I think and and this is yeah we don't have a lot of time left because I know the next thing I'm gonna say is gonna could put us into a whole nother conversation (laughs) But I think part of that too is letting go of the timeline. Like that mm. is a big thing that I learned last year. Like get with yes. the first ukulele lesson. I'm going to be a ukulele player if I play like perfectly today. Like why did I give myself that timeline? That makes zero sense. But I think as a perfectionist, I expect to be good at things right away. I expect things to work out right away. And if they don't, again, I'm doing something wrong or this is wrong. And I like this, this teacher's wrong. This lesson's wrong. This is garbage. Um, where it's like, again, trusting in divine timing. I feel like that's the other mm-hmm. big piece of creativity of like, let things happen as they do. I I come back to my habits all the time. My habits ground me. So like I, I draw every day. I'm working on my cards every day. I'm working on my coaching every day. Like I have things that I do to continue enhancing that skill set. But I've let go of the expectation that because I am doing that, success, quote unquote, whatever that is, is going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I think since I have let go of that stuff has happened faster (laughs) than I thought it would. Um, But the timeline ruins a lot of the joy of everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you touched upon two things, timeline and this definition of success that we just, you know, what, you know, this, this um, idea or this um, seeking success whatever that, how you define or whatever you, you know, society defines it for us or whatever uh, you should define it for yourself. But like, it's, it's, it's this notion of releasing this expectation of Mm -hmm. success, you know, and it's funny because when you release it, it actually comes to you. (laughs) It's Yeah. That's a new, that's the very like new, like, you know, paradoxical thing. 
But yeah. like, it's, it's also like timeline releasing from the timeline, the expectation of a certain timeline, whether you put it on yourself or you feel like that's what people tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I'm going to do an example as, you know, both of us are small business owners, like within the first year making six figures, like releasing from that timeline really opens up the, you know, like the creativity energy, because mm-hmm. when I was in that place of like, oh my gosh. Success means me making six figures within your first year as a small business owner. Like I didn't have the ability to create like, like the creative energy was like, like squelch because I was stuck. I was stuck to that timeline and that narrative of what success would be like. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So I want to speak on this. I know we don't have a ton of time. I know (laughs) there are a lot of people who are interested in being small business owners. I think one, if you need money, this is not the way to do it. And I'm not, Mm -hmm. and and I'm not saying that that means you need to give up on your small business dreams, but as somebody who's coached a lot of business owners and sales, making money takes time and that's Mm -hmm. okay. I think mm-hmm. it is okay to want to have six figures. And you also have to understand that that is not on your timeline. Mm-hmm. If there is a timeline, and this is what I want to point out, it's not like, oh, throw caution to the wind and like, no. just wait to make six figures. If you need to make money right now, like get a job, like there are other options available to you. And again, that is part of being yeah. creative. If I need that money right now, I will figure out a way to make it. Yes. It might not be the business I have right now. So like, I'll get a job. I'll like sell something else that I know sells. Like maybe I was a business owner before and like these things sell so I can make money. Like, again, you're going to have to be creative with the way you build your business because a new business does take time Mm -hmm. to build that cash flow. And I think we see six figures and I think that that's a good goal. But again, what are the skill sets that you need to work towards six figures? What I often see a lot of people doing, this kind of goes back to perfectionism is they see a six figure business owner. They see exactly what they're doing right then as a six figure Mm. business owner. Like one of the things that people do, this is going to be a whole different rant is (laughs) They buy like systems too soon, like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, uh, workflow systems too soon, like Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. Like there's tools that they buy because they see that those big six figure owners do it. I think it's like, again, a lot of working backwards. How do I get there? Like I could say Mm -hmm. this about an art practice too. I see some of my like artists I love using mixed media that I just like admire, but it's like, okay, if I have to do mixed media, I need to learn how to use watercolor first and then acrylic, and then ink, like I need to do those things one at a time and break them down. And then again, let them happen on the timeline they need. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing goes with your business, letting things happen on the timeline that they need to grow, Mm -hmm. forcing that timeline never ends well, and it doesn't make it faster. And so I think take care of yourself in the way that you need right now, and give yourself the space you need to grow the thing that you're trying to grow. Those yeah, two things can happen at the same time. At the same time. And 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 creativity is in there. Like creativity yes. is in there and how you would need to take care of yourself. So yeah, like my story that I shared earlier about my you know ha- having to release from the timeline. That was for my that's my own like my own thing that I had to work through is releasing oh, same. That, <laughs> releasing from that timeline, y'all. It was uh man, that was like a thick like chain on myself so totally so but because again that goes back to that definition I'm only a business owner if I'm making six figures so if I'm not I'm not a business owner like again that's not and I think okay business what are my business skill sets I need to build I am a business owner that is building them 
that's like a different it's a different that's a huge reframe right a shift in thinking but yeah we could talk for days (laughs) (laughs) so but at this time we're just gonna like put a pin in it because there's so much that we could even continue talking about but I loved this conversation about like creativity perfectionism things that we had to let release from and like you know the spirituality of of the you know, accessing the creativity, energy, creative energy that's within us. Um, before we wrap this up, Nicole, is there anything, how, how can people connect with you? Um, anything that you can offer to our audience that you would like to share? I'm laughing right now because yeah. I'm in the midst of updating everything. So yes. you could go to my website, NicoleRalston.com. Can't tell you what's on there right now. <laughs> updating it, um, But I do offer coaching, one-on-one coaching. Um, and also you'll find links to my stationary shops from there. Um, I'll, I'll assuming I will put them on there. <laughs> yes. Um, the other place to connect with me is on Instagram, Nicole Ralston underscore. Um, and that's where you'll find like all of my various creative projects on there as well. And coaching. Yes. So check her out coaching. She is an amazing coach as she has helped me in the very beginning stages of my business. And then also her shop is so cute. Her designs are so cute. Um, All the links that she just shared will be in the show notes. And one last question. So what is your favorite song that you like to jam to, Nicole? Oh, it's so funny because and I'm (laughs) going to admit this out loud because it still cracks me up. I told Jesse and I was laughing so hard. Like I sound so loose on this podcast. If you talked to me like three months ago, I I still was so rigid. Like I had to look up at New Year's. I really wanted to like learn how to take a bath, which I know sounds dumb, but I've never found a bath to be relaxing ever. So I like Googled, how do I take Thank a relaxing for Google. bath? Yeah. I was like, I'm so embarrassed that I'm Googling this right now, but like, I just, I don't know how to like sit in the tub and relax. And, um, but I did know one thing I was like, okay, they said, play relaxing music. And I love this song. It always helps me relax called Dame Love, uh, mm-hmm. by Girl Ultra. Um, and it's a great summer jam. It's a great bathtub relaxation song. Uh, but that's, that's been my jam lately. If I need to just like get into both a relaxing mood, but like a, yeah, like I'm feeling myself mood. That's, that's my jam right now. Nice. Okay. So send me that link because, um, everyone I'm creating a playlist of all the podcast guests, their favorite songs that they like to jam to, and they'll be on the podcast website. And so thank you so much, Nicole, for being on the podcast today. I had so much fun, like always. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for your time and energy and just your story experiences and insight and wisdom and just all the laughter. So thank Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks. Alrighty, friends, if you stuck with us to the end, I hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation with Nicole Ralston about tapping into your creative energy. You can connect with Nicole on Instagram at Nicole Ralston underscore. And here are the main takeaways from today's episode. One, creativity is a skill set that we all have within us and can be utilized in any aspect of your life. For example, being creative and forming your morning routine. Two, Being a creative and being creative can be easeful and isn't limited to a certain way. It's a role that we have or a hat that we're wearing at certain times. Three, use your creativity with problem solving any aspect of your life. Four, when you're in the mode of creation, you're allowing opportunities for iteration and releasing from perfectionism. Five, perfectionism limits your growth and creativity. And six, free yourself from tying your self-worth to what you create.
And here are three coaching questions to help you reflect on the conversation from today's episode. One, what does creativity look like in your everyday life? Two, how can you incorporate creativity in any aspect of your life? And three, how can you release from perfectionism to allow the energy of creativity to enter and flow? If you enjoyed listening in today, I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review on what you took away from the conversation or leave a rating for the podcast. Once again, thanks for listening and I can't wait to jam with you next time. Bye y'all.